All right, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. welcome back to Collection Reflection. I am your host, Tim Williams, and uh, joining us once again is the owner, proprietor, and curator of the auditorium in Lapeer, the very first guest on Collection Reflection, and we just crossed uh, the 250 view threshold on YouTube, the gargantuanly glamorous <laughs> Kristen Griffiths. What's up, everyone? Uh, so how has your life changed since uh, last time you were here? Now that you're like a big internet superstar <laughs> on YouTube. Views. What, what? Exactly. Um, well, I mean, COVID is happening. Um, so, you know, it's hard on businesses right now. Um, right now I'm by appointments only. And then um, on Saturdays we're open 12 to 5 for walk-ins. So, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there and I hope to, you know, continue rocking it and getting through this COVID uh, I don't know if we'll get a chance to mention this again, but you do have sidewalk sales coming up this oh, this weekend? We do. Yeah. Downtown Lapeer, um, all the businesses um, are participating. Um, so it's a huge sidewalk sale. Um, I'm going to be marking stuff down like 30% um, on some items. So definitely come on downtown Lapeer, um, support us small businesses and help us keep rocking it. All right. Sounds good. Um, and last time... I presented you with a gift, and uh, this time I just wanted to give you a little something because this is very impromptu. I stopped by the store on the way, and I just thought that you might, uh, this was something that I thought. Stop buying might, me things, look, Tim. That you might like. Uh, the The clerk was very confused that they even were selling this. but Oh, uh, she's so pretty. Oh, I'll definitely put this in my house. So, Thanks, Tim. <laughs> no, no, no problem. I don't know. Listen, what, she's super pretty. I feel like I don't know what it is, but I uh, feel like she kind of looks like me. <laughs> so, oh yeah, doesn't she? So dark much. hair. So much. What do you think that is? Is it? Um, I don't know. Are you hanging on the wall? That's what I'm thinking. It's probably gonna be a wall hanging something. Yeah. So this store, I would yeah. say they have some oddities too, and I don't even think they know. Like, like I said, they didn't even know what they had in there. Like Pocahontas, um, and I'm related to Pocahontas. You are for real? Yeah, legit. Wow. In my family tree, we researched it for real. Yep. So there's Pocahontas in me. Yeah, actually, there is a resemblance. Yes, <laughs> I, feel like... I see it. It's like perfect. Maybe that's why it caught my eye. <laughs> Maybe. Thanks, Tim. <clears throat> uh, so one other thing, real quick, before we get to our very special guest this week, um, I wanted to debut a new segment on here, and uh, I asked you to bring something, but you did not. Oh but that's <laughs> uh, for, well, it's a little segment that we are calling What You Got. And Ooh. we are going to show something that we picked up recently. It doesn't have to be something recent. It can just be anything out of our collection. So uh, because the San Diego Comic-Con got uh, canceled this year because of COVID, they pretty much did all their exclusives and everything online. So I, I bought a lot of them. Um, because it was a lot easier to obtain them this year. So here's one of them. It's uh, Jurassic Park. Ooh, I'll show you what it is. Jurassic but uh, it, this is cool. Um, if anybody remembers the movie, the the deal with, uh, uh, what's his name from Seinfeld? Uh, Newman from Seinfeld. 
he delivered the eggs in the Barbasol can. So actually what it is is a action figure of Stop. Nedry. I don't know how well you can see it there, but um anyway, it uh it talks and uh has noises, but I gotta pull this out of there and I'm not gonna do that because I'll probably sell it. That is super cool. But anyway, there it is. The San Diego Comic Con Nedry action figure in the Barbasol can. And so what um, year is that from? It just it just came out. Oh, this it's a is, new thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, this, right on. It would have been something that they were selling at the San Diego Comic Con, but because it got canceled, they decided to sell like all their exclusives online. Very instead. cool. So there it is, the very first episode or the very first segment of What You Got. So we next need to time add a little you can do We do. Yeah, we need some theme theme music for that segment. Uh but Without further ado, let's get to our guest this week. And hold on one second. We got some new tech that I am getting used to, but uh, hold on. You can do it. Introducing our guests joining us this week, the owners, proprietors, and curators of Retro Agogo, Doug and Kristen Pagash. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, pretty good. Pagash. Yeah. Like Oshkosh Pagash. Blue jeans. Blue P. Now I got to okay, ask, perfect. is your first name Kristen or Kirsten? It's Kirsten. Like here, Kirsten? Kirsten. Yeah, no, I wanted to. Okay. I'm going to debut my David Letterman <laughs> imitation right now that I've never done before. Okay. Kirsten. I'm sorry. Kirsten. Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, Kirsten, you got to you got to be old. You got to be old to understand that. You, I'm sure you don't get that reference. I mean, I'm old. Come on now. You're not. You're not that old. You're not as old as I'm talking. Whatever. Okay, uh, but before, first of all, thank you very much for for joining us. Um, the very very first thing I want to ask is what uh, just kind of like in a nutshell, what does your what does your store sell? As, as much store, of a nutshell as you can put it. Well, the store is all based on our love of retro. And so the company started in 2004, and I started putting really fun retro images on a variety of different products. So today we have accessories, apparel, and wall decor, all with our own retro inspiration. And the product line keeps evolving over the years. We are a lot more fashion-centric and probably more into the rockabilly crowd and the getting a pin-up. And now it's kind of evolved with, you know, just with our interests and the marketplace and just what we love. And now we're probably using a lot of Halloween-inspired and monster-inspired products. Um, for example... For example, we all decor. Take our, we take uh, kind of inspired by the old Vancouver masks. Okay. We blew up the big, like, fun house size stuff. So we just started making more stuff that we just love, and we wanted to see it, so we made it. Right. And the stuff that we remember from our childhood that really got us feeling excited and feeling that youthful, you know, charge, mm -hmm. we still like that today, and we have refused to grow up, and so far, so good. All right, good. That's the same with me. Uh, 
so I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back uh, a ways, and then, and then we'll we'll come come back to more modern times. But did you? Sure. Was there anything that uh, as kids did you guys collect things as well, or um, did you? I mean, did you start collecting as as a kid? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I kind of always had the collector gene in me. It's kind of a it, it's a curse. I think any collector you talk to, on we, the one yeah, hand, it, we it, agree. They love it. On the other hand, it's like, oh my god, what, what is the matter with me? Yeah, exactly. But I've had it since I was a kid. Started with comic books, and um, to me, I'm, I'm a visual artist, and I think it goes back to that. My dad was in, was in the arts, and he kind of turned me on not only to comics and comic strips, but also the artists behind them, Will Eisner or EC Comics. You know, here I was, you know, in the in the late '70s, but he was turning me on to stuff that he loved back in the '50s when he was a kid. Um, and it really exposed me to all that kind of visual stuff. So comic books, and then from comic books, uh, you know, they take me to the comic conventions in Chicago is where we grew up. They dropped me off, and I'd run around there all day at the Comic-Con in downtown Chicago. And then uh, discovered movie posters. And then it, then it turned out there was a movie poster uh, uh, convention right like a town over from us in the suburb of Chicago. So I'm in early high school and taking what little money I had and going to the movie poster stuff. And that was like a merging of, you know, visual yeah. art and my love of movies and then the, the, the graphics, the type and all that. Um, yeah. Just for instance, like a, a couple, but I've literally got over the years, can you see Queen of Blood, yeah. Juan, just the great Randall Brown artwork on there, or uh, Frankenstein versus the Space Monster. I don't know if you can yeah, you can see it pretty well. It's a big one. Yeah. But I love the original, you know, movie poster art. Well, I mean, the big uh, first spaceship on Venus. So my wife is very tolerant of, of uh, my love of the art. And uh, from movie posters, it, it kind of grew into then uh, uh, old vintage uh, space toys, you know, because that has a really cool visual language to it. And monster toys, you know, you're exposed to that. Um, let me show you some of those cool. We've got, just to give you an idea of, you know, this is an old uh, 50s, early 60s, the Sonicon rocket. But the yeah, cool that's awesome. metal stamping, it just, they just don't make stuff like this anymore. It's just right. like an industrial art. So it's almost like a sculpture sitting there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff I can get my hands on, I'm always looking. We go on vacation and we kind of build it around going to, uh, antique stores or the antique shows, eight sales, eight sales, flea market, flea market. That's kind of for for here's my boat. Okay. Uh, and then I kind of brought her. I, I think I gave her more of the collecting bug. I don't think she maybe had it naturally, but I kind of exposed okay. her to this stuff. And then she, uh, she's at these things. I'm dragging her to it, and she started finding stuff. It's like, oh, I really like this. I started collecting uh, vintage Valentines. We go to paper and ephemera shows. And so I start shuffling through and find ones that I thought had really great images or artwork or cool printing or, or copy, and they really spoke to me. So then I just started to gather more and more and more, and now I have binder after binder after binder packed with vintage Valentine. So now I have to be a little more selective on what I 
bring in because it's going to mean another binder. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you about that because uh, I, I'm assuming we we three probably kind of grew up around the same time period. So I, I, I mean, I, I like monster toys too. I'm still like a huge Godzilla fan. I have a monster shirt on right now, but, um, but I probably would have been more into that if star Wars wouldn't have came along. I probably would have stayed into that, but it seemed like when star Wars came along when I was, uh, well, it came out when I was five. Um, it just seemed to like wipe everything else out for me. As far as a kid goes, um, until, right. until a few years later. And then I got into like, you know, the tail end of like the small GI Joes and transformers. And that's, that's the kind of stuff that I collect. But, um, but I, but I have like a appreciation for like all the stuff that, that you guys collect as well. Um, and I did see you had sent me some pictures of your collection. I did see one of my favorite movies that you have a poster of, and that's, uh, Todd Browning's freaks. Yes, 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 yes. Very hard to find anything on that uh, on that title, yeah. but uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I found that title card and, and had that. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so go, going back to toys, uh, I mean, you you mentioned some of the monster stuff. Did you? Did, what what were you guys' favorite toys uh, when you were kids growing up? Some of your favorite lines. Growing up, you know. Um, the Star Wars was a big one because that hit me right around when I was like nine years old, something like that. Um, so I, I hung on to a lot of that stuff. I kept it minty mint and, you know, put it away all night, saved everything. I still got it stashed away somewhere. I think I already had that collector's bug and I wanted to get every figure, you know, they totally had me hooked with sending the mail away for the Boba Fett. All that stuff was like, right. you know, that's the very thing we pick up at Retro Gogo. We do like promotions like that, you know, the clubs and the mail aways and all that extra stuff we love to do. And I have to say too, Doug takes really good care of all of his items. So he can have a little wallet from Batman 66 in mint condition. Um, also, I was lucky enough to get his spike uh, little tiger that he got from one of his uncles when he was just an infant. Absolutely perfect shape. It was in the bag, and I had to really pry it away from him and ask <laughs> if I could please take it out of the bag. I'll tell you, though, I got plenty of stuff like my G.I. Joe's. You know, that went in the garbage that my mom taught. You know, there's tons of stuff like that. My old ego figures. There's stuff that I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, how I, how I wish I still had it, but I don't. It went, so, you know, I got, you know, everything got saved. So you had the big G.I. Joe's. Then. I had the big G.I. Joe's, okay. yeah. That, I, was I, my, I, that was my year. Okay, yeah, because I was, I was still a little young, but I remember wanting one, wanting one, wanting one. I never got one for Christmas. And then a few years later, they came out with the small ones, and then I was like obsessed with those for a long time. And uh, yeah, they just re-released like a six-inch version of those. But uh, Kirsten, did you yeah. did you did you have a uh, any favorite toy at, when you were a child, or or no? Well, one of the things that I remember doing when I was a little kid was going to the kind of design store or the pharmacy, mm-hmm. and I got turned on to the little travel-sized miniatures. And so I started to like to really play with scales, so I like things that are really small or really big, and kind of the animation between the two. Um, I've always liked the uh, cutesy, sweet, over-the-top, retro, kitsch stuff. Like, this is much different than Doug's monsters and zombies and 
bloody faces and eyes popping out. But I lean more toward the super oh, cute, stuff. super sweet. Yeah, the most welcoming thing in the world is a little lamb. That's her happy place. It's after my happy I'm, place. Okay. Yes. So little cute animals. I used to collect real tiny little animals. And then when you have a collection, then you need more than one lamb. Of yeah. course. So she loves the super, super kitschy uh, kind of kind of stuff. Okay. And it's all about the cute face, I feel like. Like, the face on these things have to be so cute. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's what does it? Yeah. Okay. Little faces that are happy and beautiful, not scary. They don't show up in your nightmare. They show up in your dreams. I think I've seen that in the Fish Heads video. The Fish yeah. Heads song video. Yeah. Sing it along. Uh, uh, you showed that uh, the cat um, that reminded me of something from Halloween way back. That was like one of the things that I I will just say this first uh, before I get into it. Um, Halloween was not huge for me. I didn't really get into it more until I was an adult. For whatever reason, like Same. as a kid, I didn't really think think about it and then my mom would and then I'd say something like the day or two before my mom would scramble to make me a costume and uh you know sorry mom if you're listening but uh you know some of the some of the stuff was not so great but it you know it, it fell on me because I didn't really bring it up but I don't know any, anyway there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis put on the book but going back to that cat it, it's not exactly the same thing but I remember my grandma had brought over uh, they were like the paper, there was like a, a scarecrow, a cat, and maybe like a pumpkin head skeleton thing. And then they had like the, um, the joints. Yeah. Like the, 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 the tissue arms. Yeah. yeah. I remember I, yeah. I remember I had that cat for a long time. I did, I did keep that cause I did not, I did not have the forethought to, uh, keep my stuff in good condition when I was a kid, but I did, <laughs> but I did keep that that thing in uh in pretty good condition for for a while so those were popular in my day too though can i just they? add that in yeah uh, okay well i want to ask you about some stuff like like okay well, so she we, yeah we have the same kind we have the same kind of stuff and that's where a lot of people said oh my god these these giant these giant wall decor i've only got so much room to put these <laughs> up so we said we'll make the little one yeah so we made mini monsters is what we call them and that's where we brought in the jointed figure because totally your same story. We had them hang. We'd get them out every year at Halloween and they'd hang, you know, so they fell apart. And then these come with a miniature mask and a miniature jointed figure. So you can Those well, this are is awesome. not the body that I walk with, but it gives you an idea. And then you can have fun posing it and doing all your things. Don't come with a don't devil jointed body. It's really Yeah. Uh, and we have to mention what we love is packaging so it's not only what's inside the package but the packaging itself and Doug works overtime to do really wow. cool interesting you know things that are exciting to look at over and over again too as a kid I remember you know collecting the Star Wars or collecting whatever it was staring at the box art so much yeah. you know, getting into the box art getting yeah. into the little figures you know like what what else can I buy that kind of stuff yeah I just love all that yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the selling bees with um, the Ben Cooper that was something that we were really exposed to, that little crappy plastic mask with the plastic costume that yeah. says werewolf or something yes. like that. 
Yeah. And even though at the time they were kind of lame, but now they're yes. like super cool because they strike that emotional chord of remembering the golden years of your childhood. Exactly. Actually, I was going to ask Kristen that. When you were, uh, she's quite a few younger than us. I'm 32. You're younger than us. Uh, So did they they still have those when you were growing up? Those masks, no. Just the masks and the, okay, I didn't didn't think so. But, okay, I was going to ask you about that. Nope, that was my mom's, my mom's time. Yeah, well, me too. So was was Halloween like a, a bigger deal to... To both of you, I mean, was that like one of your favorite holidays, even when you were when you were kids? Oh yeah, I know for us it was a, it was a high holy day for for us kids. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and lots of candy was collected in little uh, pillowcases. Yeah, weeks weeks were spent preparing the costume, what we were going to wear. Okay. Um, you know, changing our minds twenty times. You should tell them about the CP trio. Uh, that you made three. Yeah, there was that. You know, they didn't have a C-3PO costume, so I said I'd make right. one out of paper mache and, and stapling cardboard. And, you know, I think it shrunk the paper mache so it couldn't fit on me. So <laughs> we, tried jamming, we tried jamming it on my little sister, not realizing that the staples were all picking out like some sort of torture. Oh, no. <laughs> so we have one photo of her with the crying body stuck on her, crying. My mom's like, hold still while I take a picture. And it was a nightmare. And, So you mentioned the C three PO that that you, that your that your sister ended up getting, but uh, did do you have any favorite? Either you have any favorite costumes that that you had that stick out from back in the day? Yeah, I, um, I got for Christmas one year. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Dick Smith had a Hollywood makeup kit, and it was a I probably whole did. box. And it was all these all these gelatins, and it was all these molds and makeup and whole opium, right? Really a nice Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for Halloween to, I, I believe I made myself into a hunchback, was what it ended up being with all this different, I, I think I stuffed everything that you could make <laughs> on my face. Well, Frank Wick, my mom had a big hunch, and I was just a monster. And uh, the story I remember there is we were trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, going to this, this elderly couple answers the door, and the husband is like, oh, my God, look at your face. He says, honey, honey, come over here. 
and she comes up to the to the door, and, he, and he, she, he's like, "Honey, sh- show show him your legs. Show your legs. His face looks just like your legs. Well, her legs were really had sores on them. Oh God! <laughs> for me, it's a little bit. <laughs> oh man! That, that was the end of trick or treat. <laughs> wow! Well, this witch way back when, and so this is one of the inspiration for creating this wall decor is that we actually remember something very similar to this when we okay. were growing up. Oh, okay. What, uh, in oh, your, did, you, did, you have a, did you have a favorite Halloween uh, costume that you remember for your... You know, I, I, I really can't think of anything. I, I, I attempted to make, I guess it was like a headless horseman type deal. I got like one of my mom's blazers or something, and I actually carved a pumpkin to put on my head oh, over, over wow. like a... It, it was a little bit. I got a huge head. If you guys haven't noticed, unfortunately. So uh, it was like right. I had like a ski mask on, and then I put the pumpkin over it. But it was like right there. And I remember that Halloween though. Like my next door neighbor went with me, and his mom always made like elaborate costumes for him too. Like, but um, but we were like, I remember that like being like. I think it might have been like really cold and rainy because i remember like us do, going our route and there was like nobody trick-or-treating that year um hardly i mean i don't remember seeing a whole lot of people so that one kind of sticks out in my memory not other than that not not a whole lot how how about you kristen did you breathe through the pumpkin were you able to breathe um i i i killed <laughs> Well, okay, so so we we didn't do in our school we didn't do the uh, the fair, but we did do the parade like most of them do. So I think I had made so I think I had made that uh, that jack o' lantern quite a, quite a while before. So it, yeah, I think the smell had kind of subsided at that point. But uh, but everybody everybody did think it was well, they thought it was weird, but they thought a lot of stuff I did was weird back then. But. Um, Chris, and, and nowadays too, nothing's not, not a whole lot's changed. But uh, Kristen, what about you? Do you have a favorite? Costume? I mean, I remember when I was like five, I was a mermaid, but like the hole at the bottom of it was probably like this big, so I couldn't walk. And I remember I had to take like stuff like this. Yeah, it was wow. the stupidest design. <laughs> so I didn't get much candy because I didn't get to go to many houses. <laughs> Uh, I did want to ask you all this. What, in your, in your opinion, what was the worst Halloween candy? That, oh, that's a good one. The worst, the worst Halloween candy? Yeah. Circus peanuts. Yeah, circus peanuts. And they were always stale. Even yes. when they're fresh, You're they're right. stale. It, it puzzles me. Sometimes when I'm at the store and I see them, because I kind of have this, and they hate for them. I squeeze them a little bit, like I hate them. I hate you so much, little bit. And who eats them? And why? And what flavor? It's just a mystery that I want to know. And why do they keep making them? Yeah, why? And who's great? It's just buying them. It's just so whoever the company is, they're creating them. You know, we're kidding. They're great. No, no, they need to stop. They need to stop. They do. I feel like they're the equivalent to Peeps. Like peeps are ridiculous, yeah. and people don't eat peeps. Right. Like, right. like. I I agree, and then now they're making all these different different flavored peeps. It's and like, I don't feel like why? people buy them. I don't think so either. Like I've never seen somebody eat a peep in my life. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No, either. so I, they were like a decoration. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. They're just pretty. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say candy corn, but but I had forgot about yeah. those. I had forgot about those those peanuts. I'd so you, you're you're right. I but, over over peanuts anything. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Uh, one of the worst though. Not not candy, but one of the worst things that 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 I used to get was there was a lady that would wrap up like three pennies in tinfoil and throw it in there. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Change was another bad one. I remember my brother was upset because he heard somewhere in like childhood folklore that people were giving away apples with razor blades in them, and oh. that was like the big scare. Like, should you get an apple, you're going to get a razor blade and cut yourself. And so he would always like like them open meticulously and look for the razor and then after it started to turn brown it would just get jumped in the garbage <laughs> yeah all right that's that's when i grew up during that whole scare too i feel like and, that's uh, still a thing well it, yeah it'll still pop up every now and then but you know, uh, people like i mean i got a six-year-old and like i check her candy like crazy for creepy weird things well, I mean that's that's it's a good it's a good thing to do. I mean, but like when I when I was growing up, like when I was a kid, they didn't have like like it got to the point where you could take your candy to the fire department and they would X-ray X-ray your candy. Like when I was when I was a kid, it wasn't like that. But then they had the big razor blade scare and uh, and yeah, so unfortunately, I, you know, I I don't know. Is that an urban legend? Was that an urban legend back then, or was it? Did it really happen? I, I, yeah, I've always understood it to be like, you know, very, you know, maybe it happened to one person once, you know, like, right. It's not. It's one of those things How that people are more freaked out about than, than any reality. Right. Like in the beginning of the school day, someone smashes their finger, and by the end of the day, they're getting their leg amputated, and it becomes. <laughs> Huge story that forever goes down in the yeah. history books of childhood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, bringing us up to a little bit more modern times, uh, did how did you guys meet? Did it uh, did it have anything to do with with your love of collecting, or or no? Well, it actually had to do with art. So Doug and I met in an art class. Many years ago, like college. yeah, college, um, so like five years ago. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, so many years ago, and um, Doug's artwork was really the standout in the class. We'd all have our assignments, and we'd post them up on the back of the um, back of the wall. And then our big joke was who could find Doug's art the fastest because everyone else's thing would just fade away, and his would be you know the huh. one that looked like it was supposed to look. Um, so we met there, and then we met in an astronomy class. Okay. It um, was on Tuesday and Thursday nights. It was like this super long class. We went on for like three or four hours a night. Just couldn't leave um, the lengths of this class. But that's kind of where we got turned on to Tiki, because we would go for drinks and talk about everything we learned in class or everything we didn't learn in class. And then we go to Tiki. Was that Tiki? Um, in River Grove, and at the time, it was very unknown and unpopular, and now it's like the latest, craziest thing, so Kiki's made a full swing comeback. We were just out there recently, saw our old stomping grounds of the college, and I think the entire parking lot was filled with this cool little Kiki Play-Doh. Because there's Kiki collectors that are like Bonzo for Kiki, Polynesian, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, right. Uh, 
so you uh, with some of the stuff that uh, you you had sent me, some of the background information about the store, you had mentioned that you left the corporate world to start the store. Um, how how did that come about? Well, I mean, Kirsten was, we were both kind of working corporate jobs. I was doing art and design for products and, and stuff like that and working for a company out of Chicago. We're doing a lot of holiday decor and that kind of thing. Um, and Kirsten was working for a big, big companies at the time. Borders was around Borders Books. You remember that? She worked for the corporate headquarters here in Ann Arbor. She worked actually company. Worked for a toy company out in, out in uh, California. Well, sales and marketing and then a lot with um, product development. Yeah. Okay. And so the corporate structure, I just found very confining and not conducive to creativity. So when I hit a particular spot in my career, I said, do I really want to go on with this and be forever miserable? Or do I want to try to do something that brings more joy? And what brings joy is, A, spending time with Doug, living an artful life, and then being around all of our love of collections and art and all that great stuff. So we kind of dove in and had it looked back then. Okay. So was it was it a difficult decision to do that, or, or did you guys just kind of decide that that's what you're going to do and just just off to the races? Well, Kirsten, Kirsten kind of started it first. She was like, uh, you know, if I keep doing this corporate thing, I'm gonna have we're gonna have to move again, you know, relocate. I'm burnt out. I'm really tired of this whole corporate structure of doggy dogness of all of it. And she's like, I want to try something totally different. I was working a, a, a good paying job, and I was like, Hey, I, we had benefits. You know, go for it. But I said, This is gonna be totally your thing. I'm not gonna be involved. Well. Well, as she as she started out, she started with this handmade jewelry. This is just as maybe Etsy was was just starting. Oh, I think it was before Etsy because I don't remember Etsy being around. And I knew that Doug had a massive collection of beautiful images that were sitting in flat files, just kind of shaded. One of the many things I collect vintage vintage old film magazines from the, like the twenties and thirties have super really cool covers. Yeah. There's really no copyright on them anymore. All the publishers are long gone. The artists are long gone. So it was kind of like, hey, I'll put this, I'll shrink this down and put it on jewelry. You know, let's start with that. And kind of repurposing these really fantastic images that weren't seeing the light of day, give them a new life and give them something that will re-energize the images and the art and all the greatness of them. So it started with little, uh, shrunk down little magazine covers turned them into necklaces, and then created a bunch of posters, all with artwork. And then my sister-in-law said, you know who'd really love this is the Rockabilly Retro Crowd. There's a show in Indianapolis. Why don't you go share your stuff? And I sold out of everything, and then I said, Doug, I think maybe we're on to something. Other people think this stuff's cool. Because sometimes you just say, gosh, am I the only one that thinks this is cool? And when you connect and see that other people are really excited about it, too, right. kind of feeds the fever and it keeps you going. Yeah. So Kirsten slowly built up the product line. She brought on people. First, she took over one room in the basement. Then the whole basement got taken over. Then it was going upstairs. We're like, oh, my God, we need to get a, 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 a space, a building for this. Uh, warehouse, um, and a good, like now 10 years ago for me, I was like, her business was growing, 
you know, my corporate job, I saw people getting laid off and everybody was freaked out, you know, with each, each new management was like, oh my God, when's the X going to fall for me? And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for them to throw me out. I'm gonna, I, I've got a chance here to make something of our own and not be beholden to some corporate overlord. Yeah. And uh, we went all in. And that was about 10 years ago. And now we've got a good at least 10 people working at any one time getting products. Out. And at any given time, like 800 products in the line. And wow. we're constantly in development mode. Mm-hmm. So we have some amazing product launches that are still going to happen this year. Um, so stuff that keeps us excited and makes us feel passionate and makes us want to go to work and do great things and share them with people. I don't know if you can hear our dachshund. Our miniature dachshund in the background is waking up and moaning. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not so much that we have chained up in the corner. Okay. So I have a question for you. So sure. what's like sure. your best selling items? Like is there certain lines that sell better? Oh, I definitely say that Ghoul Cells, the, the, the wall decor mask and the mini monsters, all the stuff that we kind of have created our own, our own line called Ghoul Cell, which is kind of the Halloween and horror stuff. Um, we introduced that about four years ago now, something like that. And it all started, you know, it was kind of like a, you know, we took a chunk of money and it was like, it was totally different for us from what we were doing. And uh, we were like, let's. We want to see it. Let's do this first group of monsters. Let's see how they, let's see if people will appreciate the way we do. Here's Rocket. I'm cranky. He's Rocket. 13. 13 years old. Hey, hey, hey Rocket. Rocket man. He's kind of a cranky old goat at this point. Um, but Pee Wee Herman blogged about it. Yeah, that was so cool. We were at a show, and Pee Wee Herman, somehow his, his blog picked up ours, and he showed, wow. his, he had had a licensed costume in the 80s. Okay. And he was like, look at these really cool things these guys are doing at Retro Roto. And that just completely changed their company. It was overnight the amount of wow. orders and attention. And uh, I've never talked to him directly, but, you know, Pee Herman really changed that. Uh, changed, changed our whole trajectory. Wow. And, and although we make lots of other stuff, we've kind of phased out a lot of things. But this Bullsville thing, we keep expanding. And there's so many Grandpa, more things. So, uh, so many more things I want to do. This is like... I think the fifth or sixth iteration that we've now done with Harry and Bob and the cool funhouse level. Um, yeah, those so are awesome. anybody who's ever done any space of their choice into a scoop house. Yes. Yeah. And oh, an yeah. extra creek cool. Yeah. And then we started licensing. You know, that took off and we started licensing General Mills. So we've got the a whole line of the cereal monsters with Count Chocula and Frankenberry. And, yeah. uh, and then the monsters came along. And... Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was, was going to ask you about that. So how, how, do, how do you, yeah, those are, those are amazing. Those are amazing. I mean, the likenesses on those are just unbelie- unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. All right. I want to mention Fruit Brute. I was, I was going to say something about Fruit Brute because for years and years and years, when I was a kid and growing up in my old house, I had gotten a uh, light switch cover sticker that I put over the light switch, like the main light switch coming in the house. Why? I don't know why my parents let me do it, but it was there all the way until I moved from that house when I was like 13. Nobody knew what Fruit Brute was. You know, I I told people for years and years and years that that Fruit Brute was one of the monster cereals and nobody believed me because they discontinued it until years later. 
Um, yeah. How did? Uh, yeah. It was, so so how do you, how did you guys? It was a brief intro, and I don't know if you've heard Yummy Mummy is another one that kind of came and went. And, and some people were like, oh, I got Yummy Mummy. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. and then check this out. Inside this box are little tiny boxes. <laughs> they have enamel pins inside. Yeah, we got to do a lot of enamel pins. And, of course, there's always chocolate. Of course. And embroidered patches. There's a nice big back patch of the Munsters coach. Oh, and again, awesome. we do like some packaging on it. Grant's a um, Mars Attack. Oh, yeah. And Mars Attack. And uh, all officially licensed. So, you know, that kind of opened up a whole other, you know, door so, for us. We had to. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so how does that. So, how did that come? How did that come about then with. Uh, when did you guys decide to start going after other, other licenses? Well, when we first started the company, it was very um, geared towards the rockabilly pinup scene okay. and the car culture. So one of my very first licenses was Ford Motor Company, and we had access to their archives and to their vintage advertisement. And we started to take those different images and put them on products. So things that were kind of goofy back in the day, like the Pinto, made for a very cool little business card case. So we went from cars to kind of more of what we do now. And with us being out in Detroit, um, they actually contacted us. General, General Motors contacted us. Their licensing contacted us. Ford licensing contacted us. So we, you know, and I had worked at that company. I told you about my corporate uh, life and Kirsten working at Ford. You know, we were around licensing. I was familiar with it. I knew the kind of legal ins and outs of it. Um, so that kind of... We had kind of a head start with how you how you work with a license, what's what's involved in that. And we have very much the art going on and the creative, but we both come from the business environment, so it's mm-hmm. kind of the accumulation of both coming together. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's like the best of both worlds, right there. Um, yeah, it, it takes it takes a different set of things. You have to be creative, but you have to be within a very certain framework. You know. But for the most part, they've been really great with us. You know, normally a license will give you a, a style guide. You've got to make everything look exactly like this or that. Okay. And we've been really lucky that they, you know, uh, Munsters, Mars Attacks, they've kind of let us do our so thing. At the same time, you know how to capture yeah. the likeness of Eddie Page or Mars Attacks, the alien. And so when they see Doug's art, they're very excited about it and want to see more of it. They know we're not going to do anything off-brand with it. We're going to do something right. cool and fresh. You want to come about Bela? Um, sneak peek. Yeah. Sure. You want the sneak peek? Sneak peek, peek. Is that we just signed with Bela Lugosi. So we're going to be coming out with Bela Lugosi products. All kinds of Dracula and... Some other uh, white zombie, yes, white zombie, and and some other properties that I'm not ready to talk about. But we got a whole a whole series planned. It's gonna be really fun. And when we get inspired and passionate about something, that really fuels the creative base to just create more and more and more. It just kind of swells and keeps going and going. Yeah. I was gonna ask you if there's any licenses that you guys would like to obtain. Um. Well, we have. NBC Universal yeah. doing the monsters, yeah. and if Warner Brothers came in acting, we would say hello. Let's talk about Batman '66. Yeah, I'd like that. that would, um, oh, I think we could do. I, I think there's 
a lot we can do with the back form that Oh yeah, um, and we're starting already. That we have some stuff in development that's different from just the heads and the faces, and just doing monster stuff. I think you know we we've been at, uh, up here at San Diego Comic Con the last almost ten years. We do San Diego Comic Con, and um, I know the superhero stuff that we got into, oh, like yeah. Batman, you know, Justice League, you name it. The sky's the limit, you know, for decorative stuff you can put on the wall. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I see that Migo is back doing doing action figures. Um, that's that's something too. You could do like Migo style, all all that stuff. Um, just yeah, right, just, right, just, right. just 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 something to make it more more retro. But uh, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, guys is a model kit. He's a dinosaur driving around. Which one are you talking about? I'm not sure what she's talking about, but she's mentioning my artwork. And, you know, I mentioned my artwork. I had a couple pieces there. Um, I've always been an illustrator and artist first. So, like, for instance, I don't know, here's a Dr. No piece I did recently. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really dig that. Drew Struzan, kind of, you know, uh, I was kind of born at the wrong time. Oh, wow, those to, are awesome. We'd love to have been an illustrator for movie posters wow. or, you well, know, paperback. Those are awesome. Um, so I just go and kind of paint stuff either for, for uh, retro or for myself. I do a lot of commission work, uh, gallery work. That's kind of what I do in my spare time, more artwork. Okay. You know what might be interesting is, if we talk with you a little bit about the collaborations that we do. Sure. So uh, recently, Doug was working with Mondo and did some Universal Monsters, officially licensed uh, Universal Monster Tiki Monk. And then we recently uh, were working on a project with Super 7. And for them, we did Universal Monsters as wearable masks. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I just recently bought a ton of Super 7 stuff. Action figures, but but yeah, yeah, they make great stuff. They make super yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah they do. We we, could, we design crazy with my artwork and wow. designing the mask. Okay, those yeah, those are awesome. I didn't I didn't realize that, that you had collaborated with them. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, we stay very busy. Yeah, uh, there's never a good moment. So when did you guys <clears throat> when did you guys open your I, I'm sorry if you already mentioned this I, I missed it but uh, when did you open your brick and mortar store? About five years ago, okay. and we have our retro inspired gift shop up front. We also have antiques or things that we find at estate sales, one off something one of a kind can show up in the store, and then behind the store is where we actually have the product production fulfillment warehousing, packing, shipping, all of that stuff. So we actually warehouse our own product, manufacture our own product, as well as design. And then we pack it, we ship it, we send it out. So we're kind of all the whole thing. And the retro-inspired gift shop is just a very small piece of everything else going on at Retro Dogo. But I should, I should let, let the viewer know that uh, they should call ahead because right. we have had the store closed here with the pandemic. Um, not only for just having people coming and going out of the shop, and it is a, a smaller space up there, 
but uh, we've been so darn busy that we've kind of taken over the store with production and However, shipping orders. We do have curbside pickup. Yes, we do. So you can shop online, and then you can tell us when you'd like to be in the store, and we will meet you and have your products beautifully packaged and ready to go. Yeah. Curbside. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to try. I have been trying because you're not that far from me. I mean, it would be for me to leave and get there after work would take me about 45 minutes and then for an hour from there for me to get home. So I was going to try to do that before I had you on here, but I wasn't able to do it. And I'm going to be on vacation next week. So I was going to try to make it out there, but thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me that advice because I won't. Well, I just, if, if you want, if, if you want a private tour of the whole studio and, and all that, just give us a call. You know, we'll mask up and we'll walk you. <laughs> we'll walk you through it. Not, not a problem. Okay. Yeah, let that us would know. Be so cool. Okay. That, yeah. Great. Uh, so, I I, I I should have mentioned this earlier when you were talking about um, you know the Pee Wee Herman thing, but um, I had seen ads for you guys, and I and I think I was already following you guys on Facebook, and I never realized that you were in Howell. Until yeah. in, in, until I started um, trying to get you on the show, um, so I had no yes, idea. Are, that, I had are, no idea that you guys were that close. We are Howell's best kept secret. I don't think <laughs> most people in Howell even know what we're doing in there, and we're we're kind of right on a main street, but uh, we kind of keep a low uh, a low profile. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so still the majority majority of it would be like online sales for you guys then. Uh, as, a, yeah, as opposed yeah. to that's uh, the main store yeah. is what we do online and then we do trade shows but we had five canceled this year due to the pandemic so we've really concentrated even more of our effort to our online business okay all right um did uh well i just want to ask you this uh do, do, you, do you get uh, a lot of younger kids getting into this stuff, or do they come into the to the store at all? Are they interested in this this type of stuff? You know, there's some kids that shop the thrift stores and like the vintage clothing and like that whole, whole aesthetic, and so it really speaks to them. And then sometimes it's super impressive. They'll talk about old movies or things that, you know, their parents collected or turned them on to. And then there's people that it's a brand new territory and they're kind of learning about it for the first time and getting acquainted with it. And then we also have customers that actually lived it and breathed it um, that are older. So we kind of pan the whole area of real young kids into people that go, oh, I remember, you know, this was in my house when I was a kid or whatever. Okay. So it's kind of anybody and everybody can be turned on to it. And we see all kinds of people, really. Especially when we do the conventions, when we do the shows like uh, Mass Fest at Indianapolis or San Diego Comic Con, um, you really get all ages coming through the booth, and all ages can be wild. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a you know, a devil or or a, or a witch costume or a, or a uh, a werewolf to <laughs> appreciate the art as it is. <laughs> you know, just be like, wow, it's super cool. They have no connection to maybe that an old Ben Cooper uh, mask. They just think it's a cool thing to yeah. put, and put up on the on the wall. Lucy Collins once said, "What's old is new, and what's new is old." So it's kind of all coming together. Bam! Dig it! Dig it! <laughs> Okay. Um, 
So how many, um, so do you guys do a, a lot of different uh, cons then? You, you did the Motor City, do you guys normally do the Motor City Comic Con? We used to. We used to do the Motor City Comic Con. We used to do, for a while there, we kind of did any show, you name it. You know, it was like we were, we were all over the place everywhere. Um, but we kind of realized that for the amount of effort, of, and, and when we go, we really set up a store. And, I mean, it is not an easy, it's not just one table to throw your stuff out on it. We would make an environment. Right. And we, we always bring our AK. And, you know, I just, I don't think either one of us wants to do less than that. But doing that many shows, it was killing us. Because there was no time to design new products. We were out of the office. You know, Plus you get root weary when you're just yeah. in the van and driving to Vegas or Nashville or whatever. You do that for a little bit. And it's exciting, but after a while, just the wear and tear starts yeah. to be a little less inspiring. So we kind of nailed it down to our most productive shows with the best return on investment that we really enjoyed the most, and then part it down to a, a selection of five or six shows a year. Yeah, there's five, I think five shows now I do. San Diego Comic-Con, Monster Palooza, which is a really great show. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas in Vegas. 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 Mass Fest in Indianapolis. Yep. And okay. I think I'm forgetting one other, but... Okay. Yeah. It'll come to you. Well, that's funny. Let me tell you. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. 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 What's your favorite show that you guys do? Uh, you know, the ones we've kept are all good for different yeah. reasons. I really enjoyed going to my first Monster Palooza because you're out in L.A. and you're with people that are in the industry and creative. However, you're on their personal time, so you get to see their personal sculptures, their mask-making, all the things that they're really into. So you get the creme to the creme of your creative people that all join together and basically share the stuff that excites them that's their artwork. And I also thought Big Van Dyke was a big horror <laughs> collector, oh, and oh. that was like the cherry on top. I've been yeah. a huge fan yeah, forever. It was a great picture. Um, he was so sweet and such a movie star. And you just don't know who's going to show up walking in front of you. And he, that was, and he had bags. And he had bags with stuff. Yeah, packs and riddled with stuff. Never would have really? been like to the collection. Yeah. But, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. the dichotomy is interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but such a great wow. guy. But yeah, I say Monster Palooza is probably my favorite show because it's not too big. It's a good size show, but it's not like Indian Comic Con, which has grown into like a city. All of San Diego is taken over, and it's like there's no escape. And, and it's like, also, in Las Vegas, um, that particular show, they have music from the very beginning of the show to the very end. And so, 24 hours a day, oh, you wow. can see swing bands, you can see people dancing, you can see some of the coolest uh, bass players, you know, Cherry Pop and Daddies, or okay. people fly in from all over the world. Japan, yeah. I mean, there's people from China now dressed in rockabilly or 50s. Well, <laughs> to us, kind of the 50s, you know, yeah. kind of happy days. The Americans kind of like, they, we kind of uh, toss our history very quickly. But the 50s to the rest of the world is huge. It's and you see some amazing pompadours yeah. that are just Legs back, so beautiful. I mean, see people dressed to the nines and looking so special. Wow. So that one's very fun, just as eye candy to see people that are passionate about music, rockabilly, and, and everybody's there to party. So it's a four day, 
you're vending, but if you're at a four-day party. So, One time, the guy who was very inebriated came into our booth early morning. Apparently, he did not sleep. Yeah. And Doug just took him by the shoulders and just kind of guided him well, he, out of the booth. He showed me looking <laughs> like, he, like he was looking for a corner to do some business in our booth. And I just, oh, okay. just guided him in another direction. And I don't think he ever knew that I made hands on him. We just really? <laughs> Hey, that sounds like a good time to me. I, I'll have to go out there. That sounds like a fantastic time. Oh, it is. It, it's going to be in September next year, so you can mark your calendar. It's usually over okay. Easter weekend, but they're moving it to September of 2021. Yes, right now. So, yeah, look at And they have a whole party going on. They party too. Yeah, anything retro. Anything and cars. Though. If you're a car lover, huge car. You, you know, the rust bucket. And then you also have the super primo cherry cards. Yeah. And they just go on and on and on. And people drive them in or take them in on flatbeds, and you just have a sea of beauty. Yeah, look up Viva Las Vegas Rockabilly Weekend sometime on the internet. And it's VivaLasVegas.net, okay. not .com. Okay. So you can find it there, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, uh... we are... We are owners or sponsors or whatever, even though we, we're, we're saying very good things about them, yeah. um, not because we're affiliated in any other way. Okay. Okay. That's okay. I'm not, I won't hold that against you. That's, uh, I won't tell. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're running low on time. Uh, you, you had in the, in the package that you sent me kind of about the history you had mentioned um, you guys growing up on reruns of old shows. So my last question to you guys is what is your favorite, what would be considered retro show that you watched in reruns when you were growing up? I was all about Bewitched. I am obsessed with Andorra and Elizabeth Montgomery and the two Darrens. Um, absolutely crazy for that show. I would watch the show and I was just at the age that I could suspend my disbelief and believe that the twitching of the nose was making <laughs> these magical people appear. I was right. right for it, and it stuck like indelible ink in my brain forever. Wow. For me, it was, uh, you know, at this time when I was a kid, um, so I wasn't around to see originally Batman 66 and it ran, but okay. it, was in, it was in rerun. So mm -hmm. every day it would be on like at lunchtime or it would be on right after school, you'd get home, and Batman 66 was like, that was appointment viewing, like, the world stops, pull on like homemade costumes, and me and my friends would go run around the neighborhood, you know, fake beating each other up all day. I mean, it was, oh, yeah, it was really that was that was a huge, huge influence. And you know, visually, it's, a, it's something that's kind of evolved as I've gotten older. Now, even in my adult years, I can go look back at it now, and it's, it's a pop art masterpiece. It's amazing it was on network television, you know. It, uh, oh, yeah. They cranked out as many episodes as they did. It's really, uh, it's really amazing. Yeah, any, anybody that is not familiar with Retro Go Go, go check out their website. They have, I mean, they, they showed off some, but they just they have just some amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, for real. And uh, I need to check it out. Th thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you.